So first of all, um, I hope you had an amazing week. I mean, this week was pretty intense. We're going to go uh, talk about the FXT. We're going to talk about Ukraine, Iran, if we have time, uh, after we go over the astrology of next week so we can be prepared. So starting off um, with sharing your screen, if you're watching this uh, through Zoom, we can um, uh, check to see what's going on the week ahead. So... Today is November 13, Sunday, so today the moon is in Cancer. Remember we talked about it last week, that this Sunday is kind of an interesting time because uh, today we have a, a deluge of water. We have the south node in Scorpio water, the sun in Scorpio water, Mercury in Scorpio water, Venus in Scorpio water, moon in Cancer water, black moon in Cancer water, Minerva in Cancer water, Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces water. So if you would look at the chart, what you would see is a grand trine. It's a beautiful golden triangle of uh, water. So that's why today spending time by water Connecting to water, whether it's physically uh, by taking long showers and imagining how you're washing your aura, uh, how you're um, draining all of your negativity or trying trying to drain all of your negativity, uh, trying to cleanse yourself some way, if it's physically with water, walking by water, uh, or just expressing more your feelings and your emotions, uh, seeing that we have basically 60% of the chart in water signs right now. So definitely water can be our ally, especially because recently, as we talked about it, Jupiter returned back into Pisces and on the winter solstice or the solstice, sorry, depends where you are in the world. On December 20th, 21, Jupiter is going to return back to Aries until middle of May. So yes, we have a lot of water. And the good thing about water, it makes us feel. The problem with water, especially with that Jupiter on top of Neptune in Pisces with the black moon on top of Minerva, it can cause deception, illusion as we will see that happen in uh, cryptocurrency uh, this week. So we'll talk about it in a second. But overall, today, a recommendation is to be as much as possible in connection to water. Uh, for that honor, I wore this uh, shirt that I got in Scotland in uh, 2012. So I think it's doing kind of well for 10 years. So good stuff coming from Scotland. But anyway, the moon on top of... Um, the moon in Cancer on top of the black moon. Basically, that means that you have to be a little bit more careful because there's an instinct or there is a tendency, you can say, to maybe uh, adhere to the messages of the mother of demons, meaning that you know how there is a, a good angel, a bad angel. So today what you have is the light moon here and the black moon here. And one of them is a lady that wants you to nurture, to be unconditional, to be loving. And the other one is precisely the opposite. She wants you to be cynical and abusive and um, detrimental and, and very, any kind of adjective that is negative, that is emotional. So that's what's going on today. But the good news is that we do have Minerva, the goddess of wisdom, very close there. So like I told you before, it could be that you're getting a bad advice that actually leads you into something good. You know, like a lot of blessing in disguises are happening today. So we're going to have to move that uh, Pisces, that moon in Cancer is going to move over the black moon and over Minerva today. 
So you're going to see that maybe the first part of the day, you're going to get really good connection to women. The second part of the day, you're going to meet evil women, maybe, or the opposite, you know. So just be very, very open uh, right now to feelings, even if it's feeling a little bit more down. The biggest issue is that the moon today is opposite to Pluto. And also the black moon is opposite to Pluto and uh, Minerva is opposite to Pluto. So whenever something is opposite to Pluto, it's almost like you're, um, I don't know, trying to, you bump your car into the, the, the head of the mafia, you know, because Pluto is basically the underworld. And when it's opposition, it brings the worst in those two planets. So always remember that when we talk about oppositions, we talk about opposite energies and therefore the planets are not aligned in the best way possible they're basically kind of um, not working very well together so the idea is that during this period of time you have to be a little bit careful of this of any kind of manipulation power struggles uh, pissing off people of power that can manipulate you or you trying to manipulate other people so again as long as we have these tendencies of that moon uh, opposite to Pluto, it can create a little bit more struggle. So just be aware that there is a little bit more difficulties there. Uh, Pluto opposite to the moon is going to be much easier tomorrow. So today is just going to be um, a, a little bit tougher. Now, if we look at tomorrow, because today is today and you can't do much about it. If you look at tomorrow, tomorrow is the moon day uh, because it's Monday and the moon is still in cancer. So it's going to create still quite a lot of very strong energies that have to do with feelings and water. Uh, still, we have 60% of the chart tomorrow in water. So it's a very feminine, very emotional uh, day tomorrow. But the idea is that tomorrow you have to be a little bit careful of Moon Void, of course. It's not going to be for a long time. Depends where you are in the world. Just check it if you need to do something super important tomorrow that it doesn't fall on the Moon Void, of course. So if you can avoid the Moon Void of, out, of course, to start something new, that would be great. Or if it's an important meeting. But uh, the Moon is going to be on top of Minerva uh, right at... Um, um, beginning of the day tomorrow so just watch it in the beginning of the day it could be a good message coming because the moon is passing today through the black moon but then tomorrow she's going to be standing much more on top of uh, Minerva the goddess of wisdom so that's going to be much easier and much better for us all and that's going to be basically good suggestions coming from wise women uh, the opposition is no longer going to be there. The only thing is that uh, the black moon is going to be moving more and more and more towards a perfect opposition with Pluto. Therefore, Monday and Tuesday, you really have to be careful. The witches are out. You thought it was in Halloween that the witches are out. No, 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 no. Uh, this year, it's actually happening middle of November, where we're having that Pluto opposite to the black moon, which is very abusive qualities of uh, archetypes opposite to each other bringing the worst in each other so just watch it tomorrow and the day after it could get a little bit intense especially because again mars is very much linked to pluto mars is the other ruler of scorpio and mars is retrograde like we said so that's not the easiest thing overall um what we also have is the um whatever what what do we have tomorrow as well on monday 
You know, I think the main important thing is that trine continues. The trine is protection. So even though we're going to have Pluto opposite to the black moon, we still have that protection of the um, planets of Mars, uh, sorry, of uh, the moon, Sun, Mercury, Venus, and uh, Jupiter and Neptune all conspiring to help us in a sense. So that sense, it's really good. And also tomorrow, what's happening is that the triangle is getting tighter, meaning that it's getting stronger. That protection, that connection is actually getting get very very powerful so what we're looking at uh, tomorrow is a beautiful peak of that trine so you know even though pluto is opposite to the black moon still it's not as difficult as or it's not as powerful as the beautiful triangle that is formed there for us so what do you do with tri triangles with triangles basically you just flow with them because it's as if we get um some kind of uh, a help or some kind of unexpected help. Sometimes it means, and, in, and we can't really tell where precisely it is in your chart. You can look where you have Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Those are the houses or the areas in your life, or if you have planets there, or if you belong to one of these signs, your trine will be even stronger. There will be even more powerful energy coming your way. So the idea is that if you are a water sign, if you are an earth sign, meaning that if you're a Cancer, Scorpio, um, Pisces, if you're Taurus, Capricorn, and uh, Taurus, Capricorn, and Virgo, you're getting either a sextile or a perfect trine from this beautiful uh, connection. So be uh, it's very powerful energies that are happening to us uh, Monday and especially Monday without protection. And it basically means a lot of synchronicities, a lot of coincidences, a lot of things out of the ordinary that are going to be happening tomorrow. So tomorrow is kind of a magical day. There's a lot of mystery happening. If we look at um, Tuesday, uh, things are completely shifting because what's happening on Tuesday is that we're moving from Cancer Moon into Leo Moon for two and a half days. We're moving from the mother to the child. We're moving from feelings to actions. Uh, we're getting, in a sense, more creative, more childlike, more playful. So moving from the archetype of the mother who enjoys taking her kid to Disneyland because she sees him or her enjoying uh, to the kid who is actually on the ride in Disneyland having a great time. Okay, so that's the, the, the point of reference is changing. So from you enjoying somebody else's joy, you are becoming the source of the joy in a sense. So the moon in Leo is going to be breaking a little bit that um, water continuum that we had for uh, in the weekend. And on Tuesday, we are getting much more into wheel energy. So there's going to be a little bit more clashes of wheels just because the moon is opposite to Saturn. My wheel versus your wheel. You know, sometimes I walk in, uh, in cities, you know, like Istanbul or in, in uh, a place like New York, London. And what you see is it's basically a lot of lines of wheels. You know, that's why in the Tree of Life, Kabbalah, uh, we're looking at this sphere, the sphere of Mercury, the connector, to be the crown, you know, like in the Vedic tradition, the thousand petal lotus uh, resides here. You know, this is like this lotus, this Scottish lotus. So anyway, what we have uh, at that time is kind of an opening, you can say, uh, of that 
chakra. So if you've been working with the crown or wanting to work with the crown, that's something really strong because what it basically talks about is that the crown in the tree of life is the will of God. Leo is thy will. Leo, of course, is the king that is crowned. So what's happening on uh, Tuesday is you find the kingdom or the queendom that belongs to you, your little realm, in a sense, your domain. So the moon in Leo, very much connected to the crown and the fact that we are uh, dealing with a, a lot of strong connection to the moon in Leo, uh, that's going to really be helpful. So that day, what what's happening is that there is a little bit of clashes of wheels, meaning uh, you want to drive this way, another person want to drive another way, and they kind of bump into you, or they cut you off, or there is a... a you feel like you're struggling to assert your will when other people might be opposite to you, especially people who are older than you because it's the moon opposite to Saturn. So the moon opposite to Saturn also on Tuesday can create unnecessary conflict with family members, especially mothers or women in your family that might be a little bit more demanding. So just be a little bit more aware of that. Also on that day specifically, the moon is going to be squaring, meaning causing trouble uh, with the north and the south node, meaning destiny is downloaded. So for good or for bad, some kind of karma is causing you to do things that maybe you would later on regret or things that you don't want to do. So basically on Tuesday, if you know that in this week you need to do something you don't want to do, maybe that's not a bad day to do that because you're going to be prompt and forced to do something. So you wouldn't be able to just sit there on your couch and pretend to be a potato, you know. So it's basically a idea is that there is something happening on Tuesday that forces you to do something you don't want to do, but you really have to do. And it's something that has to do also with karmic debt. Uh, the idea also uh, behind Tuesday is that we still have that Mercury on top of your Venus, which is really, really positive for writing, for communication, for networking. Um, the sun being on top of Mercury, on top of Venus. This is a cluster or, or you can say a stellium of uh, planets that have to do with mixing the energies of self-expression, writing and communication, sales, marketing and Venus, which is beauty, art, design, colors collaboration so that's actually going to be really positive and remember that we're getting the trine the trine is a good energy between mars action and saturn stability security and direction uh, that's going to be peaking as mars gets retrograde more and more and more towards the trine with saturn so again that's going to be a really powerful positive thing happening to us later on this week and next week even more when i said Mars and Saturn coming together. Don't forget that when Mars is in Capricorn, which is ruled by Saturn or associated with Saturn, is considered to be exalted. So when Mars is sending a beautiful energy to Saturn, it's just the general is able to control the soldier and to make sure that he's going the right direction. So in that sense, what we're going to have on Tuesday onward is that that trine is going to get stronger and stronger already it's about four degrees away three degrees away this week it's going to get tighter and tighter so we're going to lose the triangle of uh, uh, water alas but we're going to get something nicer from air kind of like we're moving from feelings this week to intellect next week uh, besides that, uh, the um, if we look on Wednesday, Wednesday the moon is still in Capricorn and the opposition is getting easier and easier with Saturn. But there's going to be a square with the sun. You know, you can always some things happening. 
It's like it's like a one big family that there's always one drama. One finished one drama, there's another drama coming up. But anyway, the moon squaring Saturn, uh, Mars. Sorry, the moon squaring the sun uh, on um, and of course, also of course Mercury. That's going to happen November 16. November 16 is uh, Wednesday. So on Wednesday, we have Mercury that is the ruler of that day. Mercury is after Merculis, um, the day of Mercury. Mercury is going to be squaring Vesta, um, squaring to some degree. No, that's not so strong. Uh, the moon. And when the sun and Mercury um, squaring the moon, we talk about a little bit of confusion, emotions uh, kind of leaking into intellect and intellect kind of blowing into the uh, emotions. It's like, think about emotions as being a lake or being a, an ocean. When there's too much wind there, it can create waves and it can create problems. So uh, that's precisely what's happening so we have Mercury, which is all about air and intellect, and we have the moon, which is all about feelings and emotions, and they're squaring. Squaring basically means that there's going to be a conflict between reason and passion, reason and emotion, especially when we're dealing with Scorpio Mercury and Scorpio Sun squaring that uh, moon. Also, what's happening that day, so overall, on Wednesday, there might be a lack of satisfaction. There might be you feeling that things are not going precisely the way you would like them to go. So just be aware that there needs to be more flexibility on um, Wednesday, especially because the sun is in Scorpio, fixed sign. The moon is in Taurus, Elios, fixed sign. We have Uranus in Taurus, fixed sign. We have Saturn in, Cap in Aquarius, fixed sign. So we have so many planets, one, two, three for 50% of the chart is in fixed sign. It means that we don't want to move. So that day is a great day for flexibility or maybe being or doing some stretching session or doing yoga, somehow trying to kind of enhance your physicality at that time, not to get rigid, not to get too tight in a sense. The uh, sun and the moon... Squaring just causes a little bit more emotional upsets or, or again, being feeling stuck, like I said. But the other thing that's happening is that Venus is abandoning Scorpio and she's moving into Sagittarius where she's going to be there for almost like a month. And Venus in Sagittarius is actually very exotic. It means that there is going to be more connection to foreigners, foreign cultures, foreign traditions. You might suddenly find yourself craving Mexican food if you're not from Mexico or a uh, hamburgers if you're not from America or spaghetti if you're not from Italy. Basically, what's happening is that we're going to crave art, food, music, design coming from foreign cultures, foreign traditions. You might meet foreigners or people from different backgrounds. Uh, there's going to be much more flow for Venus because Venus in the last month was in Scorpio. It's not very good for finance. It's not very good for uh, relationships, uh, not good for diplomacy because Venus is basically in exile in Scorpio. So now she's moving out of exile into Sagittarius, which is much more happy to be in. Basically, it's the combination of the archetype of relationship with adventures. So if you were thinking about how to enhance or to improve your relationship in the next four weeks, adventures, uh, traveling together, going to restaurants that are not from your own traditions, going to concerts from music, world music, um, in basically surrounding yourself as much as possible with the energies of uh, adventures and excitement. So that's going to be from uh, Wednesday onward. And especially because Venus is going to move into fire sign, the moon is moving into fire sign, we're kind of living slowly that trine uh, of uh, 
a water and going into a trine, uh, not a trine, but much more focused on fire. The thing that we have on Wednesday is the peak of that Jupiter-Mercury trine. And that's kind of a big deal because Mercury is the right hemisphere. Uh, Jupiter is the left hemisphere. Sorry, Mercury is the left hemisphere. Jupiter is the right hemisphere. Philosophy and intellect, philosophy and logic are coming together. So it's actually a great day to achieve things on Wednesday. Not only it's the day of Mercury, but the fact that Mercury is sending a perfect trine to uh, Jupiter at that time is great and also it's still having some good energy coming from Minerva so we have a lot of planets that have to do with philosophy wisdom strategy uh, intelligence helping us on Tuesday and Wednesday so again even though there is all these oppositions and the uh, uh, Pluto opposite to black moon blah, blah blah the moon squaring sun okay but still you have that very strong link that is between the intellect and the um and the, the two types of intellects, you can say. And you know what they say, when two, when our two brains work together, there is no disease, there is harmony. I'm talking about the cortex, which is much more mercury, and the lower brain or the stem brain that is more emotional and more Jupiter. When they're working together, everything works well. When they're not working together, we get upset, we get sick. And that's the basis of the book, a Healing Without a Freud and Prozac. We don't need Freud and Prozac. We don't need an analysis or therapy and drugs if our two brains are working together and for a little bit at least Tuesday end of Tuesday Wednesday the brains are working together on Thursday the moon is shifting completely to a different energy she's moving into Virgo and Virgo has to do with diet service health routine um, it's all about um, connecting to your diet. So on Thursday, Friday, Saturday is going to be a really positive energy that has to do with uh, Virgo. So if you need to start a diet, if you need to work on something with your uh, co-workers, employees, that kind of uh, energy or any kind of purge, any kind of cleansing, any kind of cleaning, great to do on Thursday, Friday and Saturday when the moon is going to be in Virgo. Uh, the moon is still squaring a little bit, um, uh, but not the sun anymore. She's squaring Mercury and Venus. Why? Because Mercury and Venus are all moving into Sagittarius. So from uh, November 17th for three weeks, Mercury is going to be in Sagittarius. And Mercury in Sagittarius is considered to be uh, exile. So Venus stopped being exile. Mercury moved into exile. There's always drama, I told you. And Mercury in Sagittarius sometimes can promise things that he can deliver. Sometimes he says yes enthusiastically to everything, even though uh, something should be said no to. Why there is a square between the moon and Mercury? Bequi 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 because the moon in Virgo is about no and Mercury in Sagittarius is about yes. So at the same time, you might be saying no to somebody, but really that person is hearing a yes. You might be saying yes to somebody, but you really mean no. So just be a little bit more careful with how you define yes and no around uh, Thursday. And it will extend, yeah, it's mainly in Thursday more than anything else. But Mercury and Venus working together is great for us. Uh, you know, when Venus and Mercury were together in the harm in uh the Greek mythology, they created the Hermes of Hermaphroditus, basically the um, uh, this creature that was partly Hermes, which is coming from Mercury, and partly Aphrodite, which is coming from Venus. It's the Greek names of these gods. So basically, it's a combination of yin-yang. It's a combination of, uh, maybe it's the first transgender, in a sense, or all-encompassing gender. It's not trans. It's not like moving from one to the other. It's basically... 
happy to be both at the same time, kind of superpositioning. So Mercury and Venus together creates a union between art, design, colors, fashion, and business, communication, networking. So if you're working on selling anything that has to do with beauty or art or creativity, that's great. Or if you need the time to kind of patch uh, issues or, or connect a little bit more to your partner, that's also going to be a great time to do some um, relationship or ther- or couples therapy or in general, just have more communication with your partner, partners in work, partners in life. If we look further down, November 18, we have uh, the moon sending beautiful energy to Uranus. That's a great day, Friday, uh, for achieving a lot of things, especially in connection to communication, in connection to a uh, science, design, colors, anything at all. Because what's happening in that day is that the moon is sending a beautiful energy to the North Node, karma, and to Uranus, which is technology, innovation, thinking outside of the box, taking a risk, jumping into something new. So there could be encounters with really interesting people around that time, especially women, because the moon is so active. And uh, we have that... um, Beautiful trine between the Sun and uh, Jupiter and Neptune still going on. That's why you see that triangle so strongly. And we have the conjunction coming to a head in Saturday and Sunday next week between the Black Moon and Minerva. So just watch a little bit of how what kind of advice you get from people, especially from uh, women because of that Black Moon being on top of Minerva. That could be a little bit intense um, And because it's basically blessed by Jupiter and Neptune and the sun, I'm not super worried about it. And again, the black moon is kind of in minority there. Uh, She's alone among all of these other entities that are very benevolent. But still, we want to just make sure that uh, you're not being misled around that time. So just watch it on Friday. But the idea is that on Friday, the moon is sending beautiful energy to Uranus. So anything to do with e-commerce, technology, innovation is going to flow really well for you guys. So that's a great thing. And the moon in Virgo, yeah, it's sometimes critical. Sometimes it's a perfectionist. But when we're in the realm of Scorpio, which is water, having the moon in Earth works really, really well. And then on Saturday, the moon is moving into Libra for the weekend. So the moon in Libra is actually the moon of peace. So in that sense, it's really, really positive. It's a good uh, energy for the, um, definitely for the weekend. At least there is some prospect of peace and also the moon is sending beautiful energy to mercury beautiful energy to venus that also enhances it's kind of sextiles remember we talked about sextiles as being little doors that open and close you just sneak in really fast so it has to do again with family with creativity um, blessings coming from uh, the connection between the uh, left hemisphere and right hemisphere again art and logic And also the moon is sending beautiful energy to Pluto at last. So that could also be healing a lot of the difficulties that we had before with um, Pluto. So that's going to be the week ahead. And now I want to share some thoughts about certain things that happened this week that um, could be pretty important uh, for some of us. Anyway, I forgot to mention today in a few hours, I'm going to do the first... uh, virtual class on the astrology of 2023 it's going to be 6 p.m today's november 13 yeah 6 p.m in uh, pacific standard time but anywhere you you are in the world it doesn't matter there's going to be a recording so it's going to be today in a few hours like seven hours or so you can still register i put it in the uh, 
in the chat room and also in Instagram. You have it on my um, bio link. You're going to have that. So today we're going to talk about uh, the astrology of 2023. I don't know if I'm going to have to. Yeah. So first of all, about the elections in the United States. You know, people ask me privately a lot about what's going to happen with the election. What I told them is, listen, because Mars is retrograde in Gemini, what I can tell you, and it's because it's happening on the eclipse, what I told everybody is that whatever you think will happen is not going to happen because Mars is retrograde. So whatever seems to be, oh, there's going to be a, a red um, wave, you know, craziness. There's going to be a lot of issues uh, for democracy, whatever. Whatever we expected to happen because it happened on the eclipse and because Mars is retrograde, it flips things all the time, then we have to expect the unexpected. And it's true because there was no red uh, wave, there was no blue wave, uh, but there was a Gen Z tsunami basically happening in the United States, which is really what I was uh, praying for in a sense. In, for example, they got the statistic from Arizona State University. So Katie Hobbs, which is a Democratic um, the Democratic candidate got 96% when Carrie Lake, you know, that crazy lady that has all these conspiracy theories that uh, from QAnon, she got 4%. And we're talking about Gen Z. Then in the University of Michigan, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, that is uh, defending her title in a sense, is 94 degrees, uh, degrees, 94%, and Tudor Dixon got 6%. So it's kind of interesting how the young generation came in motivated by gun control, motivated by the abortions, motivated by wanting to live in the future in a democratic country, they stepped in and really saved us. So I know that a lot of people have issues with Gen Zs, but when it comes to it, they actually uh, delivered. And I'm really happy to say that it was beautiful to witness here that in the United States. But it's not only the United States, because I was listening to this really interesting podcast from Haaretz, uh, it's a um, mag. It's a it's a you can say newspaper in Israel. Maybe one of the only one left that is uh, still you can actually read and um, get information and not propaganda. And uh, what what's happening in Iran is really fascinating. And I'm very optimistic. Maybe because I want to be optimistic, because I know that you know every country should be freed, and every country, especially uh, women, should be totally free to do, to wear, to to do whatever they want with themselves, and not be told by some um, old men what to wear and what to do and what to think and how to behave. So I think it's true for every country, but it's so true to Iran that have been suffering since 1979, and not only that, that uh, they're. Because of the, not only are the women oppressed there, but any kind of minorities are oppressed, obviously, or anybody who is not in line with the revolutionary guards and Khomeini. But it's not only that. If you think about the political consequences, if Iran is going to be liberated and returned to its own rule, uh, think about all the mayhem in Lebanon, in Yemen, in Gaza. In um, uh, it would be changing the whole Middle East. We want. I think that it will even be able to bring down some of the extreme right in Israel and to uh, make it less necessary to do whatever Saudi Arabia wants. It's going to be just a ripple effect all over Syria. Think about how maybe the there would be some kind of resolution with Syria and kicking Russia out of there. It's really and, and not to mention the war in Ukraine because right now uh, Iran is supplying. And weapons and drones to the Russians. So think about how the world will change for the better if 
Iran will reclaim itself in a sense. So I was listening very uh, attentively to this, um, uh, you can say, uh, expert about Iran. And she's from Iran and she lives in Israel right now. But there you know that a lot of Jews left Iran in se- in 79. And anyway, she, what she was saying is that we are the closest now to the revolution that was in 1979. We never had anything in Iran that is close to what happened in 1979, and now we're getting close to it. Almost all the elements that were happening in 1979 that caused the Shah to disappear, for the students to take over the country for a few seconds before the uh, religious people took over them, uh, we have everything except the leader. So the interesting thing is that everything is there except two things. A, that the revolution doesn't have a one a leader, which is a double-edged thing because in one sense, we talked about it here, there is no one specific leader, but in the other sense, you can't really cut the leader off or cut the head of the leader because there is no leader. In the other sense, what makes it a little bit difficult is that there is no one movement. And what's happening, and maybe that's why it's surviving for almost two years, uh, two months now, that every time some young girl or young woman is murdered or killed or raped, um, it creates another big blow up and demonstrations are happening again. And the interesting thing that's happening right now, that's what the expert was talking about, because we are now in the age of Aquarius, you didn't say the age of Aquarius, and because we are now moving into Pluto in Aquarius, Pluto is revolution, Aquarius is technology, innovation, power to the people, that uh, when before in Iran somebody died, for example, in a demonstration, somebody was raped in a police station or some um, uh, somebody in the Revolutionary Guard did something terrible. There was maybe a picture, black and white, of uh, that woman in the newspaper. People were flipping through it. Now, these days, people actually can look at the Instagram account of these young kids or these young girls and see how funny they are and how intriguing they are and their hobbies and their parents and their friends and all the good things they've done and how lovable they are. So that creates so much rage. Why? Because behind the person that just died, there is a whole story. And whenever there is a story, we and especially with the emotional connection to that story, the information flows stronger. And what is the information now? Let's change the country. And the interesting thing is that it's not like before in revolutions when they said, you know, we want the gas prices to go down or we protest protesting against uh, uh, this corruption or that corruption. That can be fixed. Right now, what the demand is, is that we want the Khomeini out. We want the Revolutionary Guard out. This is a complete not. We want that. We want the head of these people. So that's that why it's continuing in a sense, and that's why it's so intense and so difficult. Just this uh, last few days, if you, I don't know if you know, but 600 professors actually sent an official letter to the government that they support the women's movement. Think about it. 600 professors were willing to put their name uh, and be probably sent to jail or probably be now under or their families being under scrutiny. So... It's a big, big deal. For example, there was a case a, a few weeks ago of a girl that was uh, murdered in the school. So the schoolgirls were forced to go out and chant some propaganda song in the court of the uh, school. And instead of doing it, they started chanting the slogans of the revolution. So they sent the revolutionary guard, um, and sorry, the, the chants of the protest uh, about women, about freedom. And the the government, of course, sent the Revolutionary Guard. They started creating a great deal of violence. One, the girl, one of them died. Another one died in the hospital. And immediately another wave of uh, demonstration within the streets. So it's kind of interesting because for me, it's very much related to this new trend of uh, Generation Z, which I told you uh, they have their... 
uh, Pluto in Sagittarius mainly is much braver than other uh, generations before. So we're going to see this happening more and more and more. And now I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about how Mars retrograde uh, in an air sign manifests because that's usually how we learned astrology. We talked about it here quite a lot. We've been studying astrology for 4,000 years and we're going to continue studying astrology. And the way to study astrology is to see what's going up there and to find a correlation to what's going on here or look at our life and see a correlation to what might be happening up there. So Mars is now, we talked about it, retrograde since um, uh, basically since the end of October until middle of January. Mars is the god of war, action, movement, energy. It's retrograding, meaning that it's going backward or appear to go backward in an air sign which is Gemini. Gemini is about communication. It's an air sign. Like we said, it's a mutable air sign. It has to do with uh, putting things together. The Gemini, remember we talked about it here quite a lot uh, when we talk about the uh, President Anelect who was born on the eclipse in Gemini. That Gemini is ruled by Mercury and Mercury is the god of liars and thieves. So we can expect all these kind of energies happening around. So just a few days ago, I think yesterday, uh, Dallas, uh, Texas, six people were killed after two historic military planes from World War II actually collide and crash to the ground uh, Saturday. So that was yesterday during Dallas air show. Again, air show. You have Mars planes. They're not regular planes. They're not civilian planes. They're military planes. From when? From World War II, ah, from the past, Mars retrograde, and bang, they collide and six people died because of that. Think about what's going on in Istanbul. The same day, uh, at least six people have been killed. I'm sure that more will be counting because 53 are actually wounded. In explosion uh, in central Istanbul, not too far from Taksim, Beulu, I used to work there actually. I used to walk in that street twice, three times a day. It's a beautiful street. I mean, in Istanbul, almost everything is beautiful. But again, we're seeing Mars retrograde. Mars, uh, Istanbul is a, is a place that knew quite a lot of terrorism from before. Mars returning. So Mars is returning back to Istanbul. Uh, also, the um, uh, Ukraine that liberated Kherson, the Kherson area, uh, the city, the area pushing the, uh, the uh, Russian army beyond uh, the river. All of these things very much are Mars retrograde in air sign. But I think the most dramatic one that happened, at least financially, uh, in the last week that really fits to the T, Mars retrograde in Gemini, plus if you put inside the eclipse, is what was going on with um, FTX. I'm sure that a lot of you heard about it, that the crypto exchange uh, founder Sam Bankman-Fried secretly transferred $8 billion, some people say $10 billion, of customers' funds from FTX uh, to a trading company that he owes called Alameda Research. So what happened is that uh, we're talking about cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrencies are always ruled by Uranus. Remember, I talked already from 2018 that once Uranus, the planet of technology, innovation, therefore cryptocurrencies, is moving into Taurus, which is the sign of finance, the sign of money, we will see a lot of this turmoil up and down and craziness going on Uh, with cryptocurrencies and you see this happening right now people will ask well why now it's 2018 until 2026 is when uranus is in pluto so what's the big deal now what is the reason why it happened now well it happened right a day after the eclipse what happened in the eclipse remember we talked about it last week the eclipse was very rare because uranus was 16 degrees scorpio uh, taurus on top of the moon that was 16 degrees uh 
Taurus. So it was very rare that Uranus was smack on top of the eclipse when this happened. And what is Uranus? Uranus, again, is cryptocurrency. What is the moon in Taurus? Taurus, we said, finance, money. What is Scorpio? Because the lunar eclipse was Scorpio versus the moon. That's why it's lunar eclipse of Scorpio and Taurus. What is Scorpio? Other people's money. What did he do? He take other people's money from my company and moved it to another company that's mine in order to fund uh, something. And then uh, some missing billions here and there, you know, when you move so much money, some money like goats, you know, you're trying to kind of herd the goats or the sheep and some of them go away. You know, that's the story of Moses and the burning bush. But anyway, what was going on is some money disappeared, went away. Uh, we don't know where it is. Sorry. So now they have to um, actually go into bankruptcy. And the interesting thing is, first of all, I know it sounds a little bit too much, but I, you know how we talked here about the power of names and how names are super important. So listen to this name. This guy was the golden child of currencies. Uh, they were considering him a genius. They were inviting him to talk anywhere. And I'm sure he is highly intelligent, a genius. People make mistakes, especially when Mars is retrograde and there's an eclipse. And not only that, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried is a Pisces. And Pisces, you know, they're channeling a lot, but they also have a tendency for illusion, disillusionment, over-optimism. What happened in um, just recently is that Jupiter in October 28, right before the Mars retrograde, moved into Pisces. So suddenly he's getting over-optimistic. Also in his chart, I checked his chart, he had the sun opposite to uh, Jupiter. So he always was bigger than life kind of a person. And when you have your Jupiter opposite to your sun in your chart or in general, it does talk about ego problems or not seeing certain parts of your ego, over-optimistic, a golden child kind of syndrome. And when Jupiter was on top opposite to his Jupiter, which happens once every uh, 12 years, Bang, that's precisely when it happened, when he probably got the over-optimism, over-energy of Pisces. Yeah, yeah, I can do it. I can move a little bit of money and come back. Some people say that he that he placed this backdoor in the program itself, in the... In the um, exchange uh, um, website so he can draw back money. I mean, I didn't check all of these kind of things. It doesn't really matter. But what is interesting for me is his name. So think about it. Sam. Sam is Samuel. Samuel in Hebrew means to lend. Samuel, the story of Samuel from the Bible. The mother couldn't get uh, pregnant. Hannah couldn't get pregnant. And she prayed for a child. And then Ali, the high priest, told her, you know, your prayer was accepted. You're going to have a child, but your child will be lent to you by God. At the age of four, you have to bring him over. He's going to be the next high priest. And he was the next high priest. In fact, he anointed Saul, the first king, and then King David. So Sam means to lend, to lend, uh, to give in order to receive later on. So people gave him billions of their money, in or lent him to Samuel because Samuel means lent by God or, you know, I'm lending. It's almost like lending to God. And what is his last name? Bankman. I mean, come on. It can't be so much on the nose. You know, uh, if it would have been a script, people would say, no, that's too much. And then fried. Fried, yeah, I know, but it's kind of like, to me, it's fried. The bank is fried. He banked fried. He fried the bank. Uh, the bank, what bank? The money that we lend him, you know. So, you know, of course, it could be also another Sam Bankman Fried, which will be lent money to the bank and the bank thrived, you know, and they eventually invested in Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay, so there could be many different stories around it. But the idea is that I always like when these kind of monumental things happen to people that affect 
hundred, I think he had a hundred and thousand creditors or something like that. So many people, it definitely is giving us some kind of um, spotlight on the name or the meaning of the name. Now, the biggest thing that um, is interesting, I mean, what is really interesting is how everywhere I saw this comp comparison of what's going on with FTX in the currency, in the cryptocurrency, to what happened in 2008 with the Lehman Brothers moment. And that kind of really was on the spot because in this book, uh, wait, uh, this book, yeah, in this book, uh, for 2023, there is a whole chapter which I'm going to talk today about Pluto in Aquarius. Pluto is moving into Aquarius in March next year. Pluto moves between signs every 30 years or so. Last time it happened was 2008. What happened in 2008? Pluto moved into Capricorn. What is Capricorn? Traditional structures. You know, everything that has to do with how we manage things, how we construct things. So it relates to banks, it relates to politics, it relates to every institutions, you can say. And what happened in 2008? Bang, Lehman Brothers started. And it was all around uh, loans that were or mortgages that were kind of um, rotten. And anyway, we started the Great Recession. So what I've noticed, and I wrote about it in the book six months ago, that every time Pluto moves into a different sign, we have some kind of an adjustment around Pluto. What is Pluto? Pluto is riches. Pluto is money. Pluto is literally in Latin, it means riches. So every time Pluto moves a different sign, we have a big transition that is uh, happening to us. So Pluto moved into Capricorn in 2008. Bang, we have the Great Recession. Pluto is about in a few months to move into Aquarius. Bang, we have the cryptocurrencies going through the same upheaval that Lehman Brothers had. Now, think about it. In 2008, the, the whole cryptocurrency got a big boost of energy because of what happened in the financial world um, in connection to Lehman Brothers and the traditional money um, banking systems and so forth. So the cryptocurrency came as the, as the golden child. We're going to make things differently. We're not going to have any uh, control over it. It's going to be much um, safer in a sense. What happened? Pluto is about to move into Aquarius. Aquarius is the sign of technology, innovation. Aquarius is the ruler of Uranus, which we said is the ruler of cryptocurrency. And bang, we're back to the same place we were in 3-2008. It just shows that it doesn't really matter what technology you use, cryptocurrencies or dollars. You know, anyway, it's all about people and how they use it. You know, so it's not necessarily one system is better than the other. All systems are just as good or just as bad, depending on the greed and the corruption of the people that are using it. So, again, it's really interesting how we are now having in a few more months Pluto moving into Aquarius for the first time in 250 years. And bang, we have this whole situation with FTX and, of course, the bankruptcy that's coming soon. And also in Twitter, uh, we saw, uh, again, another genius that we consider to be um, beyond reproach, Elon Musk, that is behaving like, you know, I can't say some of the words here because it's uh, uh, maybe some kids are listening. But anyway, you see that same thing happening with Twitter. He uh, said, you're going to have to pay $8 and you don't have to pay $8. You're going to get fired. Then he unfired the fired people. Mars retrograde. That's why Mars retrograde is very, very tough to start new things, to buy new um, accounts, or not accounts, but to buy new businesses like Twitter. But that's precisely, I wanted to give you some example of that Mars retrograde. And Mars, of course, is related also to physical activity, sports, and war. And it's really interesting that Banksy um, 
some images or some pieces of his uh, started appearing in Kiev. Obviously, he was there. I wonder what his chart is like. But it's interesting, Mars retrograde in um, the ruins of uh, Ukraine, based on the war. You see one of them is a kid kind of um, winning a judo match with a black belt huge guy, which is, of course, Putin, because Putin always liked to tell that he was a black belt in judo and a gymnast uh, kind of balancing herself among the the debris which is kind of interesting both of them they relate to mars retrograde a one of them the image of the boy being able to overpower the men that's definitely mars retrograde and the woman being upside down in her handstand which is again mars retrograde upside down balancing herself um, that's the image I wanted to close with today. And um, now let's see if there's any questions or, uh, again, I, I apologize on Instagram. I have no idea what happened to AT&T. I think they're having some issues this Sunday. That's why it was on, off, on, off. But hopefully you got to see something. Uh, let's see. Um, it's raining here. Uh, I don't know where here is, but good. Rain is good, I mean, to some degree. Yeah, uh, we talked about Istanbul. Um, Jupiter going direct soon actually really helps with, you know, when Merc when Jupiter is going retrograde for a few months, he holds back some of the gifts. It's not that he's not going to give it to you. He's just holding it back. The minute Jupiter goes direct, he releases these gifts. So a lot of things that were held back are going to be released. Um, Renes is having fun with those who think they know what is best in technology. No. You know, Uranus is kind of an awakener. So what happened with Uranus is um, he wakes things up. So he kind of shakes the boat. He is the one that is in charge of causing revolutions. You know, so the same thing that now the young people of Gen Z in Iran uh, are shaking Khomeini in the way that hopefully it will cause some kind of a heart attack to him. You know what I mean? Like it's really shaking it. Same thing that it was shaking here. Uh, all of the Trump supporters and the Trumpies, uh, what was going on? Because I was thinking about it. It's kind of interesting if you think about it. Uh, Trump was born on the eclipse uh, in Gemini. Okay, so the sun was in Gemini, the moon was in Sagittarius. Now, the moon in Sagittarius is the moon of truth, but it was born in an eclipse, meaning that if it's a lunar eclipse, we can't see the moon. He can't access the moon. What is the moon in Sagittarius? Truth, philosophy, wisdom. So he was born with it, but it's eclipsed. He can't access it. He can't see it. And then what he can see is the sun in Gemini. Now, Gemini, we said, is ruled by Mercury. Mercury is the god of liars and thieves. And what is the big thing that he's going to be remembered for? Uh, basically, the big lie that he created. And for him to promote uh, the whole idea of what he calls the big steal, right? Stealing and lying, the two sides of Gemini. So it's kind of interesting how these kind of things work. But anyway, I hope you have an amazing week. Um, I hope to see some of you this Sunday. If you are in, in uh, Los Angeles or Santa Monica and you know anybody in Santa Monica or the West uh, Side, uh, let them know on Friday at 7 o'clock we're going to have a class on 2023 and a book signing. And if you're in Hollywood on December 4th, I'm going to do the same thing, a book signing and a class in uh, about 2023 in Los Angeles somewhere. So... 
I hope you have an amazing week. Sorry again for the Instagram with uh, all the craziness there. I will send you everything we talked about. I'm sending you much love with my Scottish um, uh, shirt. And uh, thanks a lot for joining. And I hope you have an amazing, amazing week.